the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. Mark Webster. And I'm Damien O'Carroll. Well, welcome along, gentlemen. Thank you for joining the podcast again. Thank you. Now, we have a fair bit to talk about today. A small challenge being that Apple have announced lots of stuff, (laughs) lots of stuff this morning. And I already had a list of about 10 other topics that I was keen to chat through. So I've already culled some of those off and we'll see how we go with all the other bits and pieces. But let's jump in and start talking about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference that happened early this morning, I guess New Zealand time. And I think finished about 7.30am this morning. And then it was happening, what, Monday morning US time in California. And it was really packed with announcements. It was. And hence why we've invited you on, Mark, because we tend to mostly have you on being, how would you describe yourself from the Mac perspective? You're someone that's been involved in the Mac world for a very long time. Yeah, so I guess I'm an Apple enthusiast and commentator, I guess you would call me. Yeah, yeah. And we forgot to do a bit of an intro for you as well, Damien. Where do you fit into this world of podcasting? And, oh, well, I am one of the hosts of the New Zealand Motoring Podcast. A motoring journalist and just a bit of a tech fan on the side, I suppose you'd say. Yeah, pretty big tech fan <laughs> from all of our interactions <laughs> over the years. So. All right, so, Mark, to start with New Max. Now, I haven't been entirely quiet about my impressions of how Apple have been treating some of their customers recently, particularly the Mac fans with lack of new Mac models so I was very pleased to see today that Apple actually made some announcements that pretty positive on a Mac front and starting with new iMacs and confirmation iMac Pro coming out December I think. Mm-hmm. Yep and probably going to cost around 8 grand or more New Zealand. Yeah starting so price for the iMac Pro 5000 US dollars then drop some GST on top of that and yeah not it won't be a cheap computer. No. But it be. will be a really really grunty machine in fact you know more power than the mac pro that we have today quite a lot more power because it's that's at least two years lagging if not more yeah so they talked about a machine that ultimately you would be able to configure up to 18 xeon cores in it so the base model will have uh, eight core or ultra core xeon cpu up to four terabytes of solid state storage 128 gigs of ecc memories pretty grunty and then you've got the graphics card capabilities on top of that 5K screen built in, USB-C, Thunderbolt 3 capable ports so you can plug in more big high resolution FT monitors. It's going to be quite a power horse, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're talking really big money when you add in all those... <laughs> All those things. I guess for video production, it's perfect. You know, throw a couple of 5K, 4K screens on. Wow. But um, yeah, no, no. The criticism of Apple is, you know, like it's been lagging. You can get much cheaper PCs for the same, much more power, demonstrably cheaper and demonstrably more powerful. And it's like Apple's been, I mean, I'm a Mac fan and, you know, then I came to iPhone and everything else. But we feel like we've been kind of ignored for quite a long time. And Apple's also hit that weird breaking point where everything was slimmer and lighter all the time. And then that started to impact on power so you know yes it was slimmer and lighter but it was only 20 gigahertz faster like who cares you know like we want power please apple give us power and i guess that is power but it would be interesting to configure a pc with a 5k monitor with the same sort of power and see how much it would cost but yeah of course you know that's not why we buy apple products it's because of the integration between everything and yeah i mean i'm using a pc for the first time in my life at work now and it's (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing when you're used to a particular platform and you've used it for a long time that's the platform 
platform that you're going to be most productive on, generally speaking. Yeah, you end up being very loyal, but that loyalty, there's a limit. <laughs> no? Yeah, and, yeah. And even I've been getting near that limit in the last few months. That's interesting because I've found that too. I've been, I mean, I, I was always PC when I first started working for magazines. It was all on Mac, so I had to make the change then about 11, 10, 10, 11 years ago. And I didn't like it at first, hated it, but of course got used to it. Now I really love it. But just recently, yeah, the grip on my wallet is loosening. I can feel because I'm just not, not not that impressed by, you know, sort of what's what's out now and what's coming. And uh, some of this new stuff looks pretty, I mean, that, that's it does. a pretty looking machine. But I'm not going to be spending eight grand on my next computer. (laughs) It looks pretty good. And Mark, I mean, you mentioned something in your working environment. You know, talking to your, you know, someone related to the IT there, and and they were bemoaning the frustrations of actually, you know, Macs talking back to their standard Windows servers, which you know, from your perspective, sounded a bit odd because Macs have been running SMB protocol for years, which is you know Microsoft protocol. But yeah, we have some challenges there. Where not in every environment, but in some environments where Mac's talking to Windows, talk to Windows servers and they don't work very well. Now, I mean, we see a variety of circumstances across different environments and, you know, some environments here, you need to actually go out and put some extra layers of software in there to make them perform well, which is it's kind of frustrating when Apple have actually standardised on Microsoft's protocols even for Macs to talk to Macs across the network when they don't run solidly. So Apple, I guess, isn't perfect in every scenario. No, never and never has been, you know, to be honest, but... Who wants to be honest? <laughs> Honesty here, please. I mean, the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, it's terrible, but, you know, when those viruses came out, like, and we're getting all these messages, you know, you have to have this kind of password, and I'm like, well, why don't we just get iPads and Macs? You know, then you don't need to worry about any of this stuff. Well, yet. well you, d- you still need to have right passwords and all those sorts of things, because everything, yeah. you know, tends to be sitting in a cloud or somewhere, and your passwords matter. Yeah. But, and we have certainly have seen viruses, you know, hit the Mac world, but certainly not to the degree of hitting Windows and Android, which is certainly growing so well, if everybody moved to Max you can be sure the virus writers have moved, moved to Max as well absolutely. and it is happening you know there is pressure but I mean I find it interesting that my 5 year old MacBook Pro you know boots up in 13 seconds launches Photoshop in 4 seconds the PC that I have to use at work is 2 years old and is supposed to be an i7 but you know I mean I can go out and get a coffee and come back waiting for it to boot up and then waiting for it to log in is like another 6 minutes or something you know 6 minutes these days is like it's precious time you know I want to be working I don't want to be staring at a stupid stupid computer screen because I'm just not used to it anymore so I find that really frustrating I have to sort of it's like in the old days in publishing you know we used to send off a postscript file and that would give us a chance to go and get coffee I mean none of us do that anymore you know everything's instant and if we go and get a coffee it's because we're getting a coffee not because we're waiting for our computers to do something but Mm. at my work at the moment it's back to those days it seems well I don't know what their problems are but anyway modern computers should boot up very very quickly you know regardless of what as long as they're running a current the most current OS and whatnot, but who knows? Maybe they've got turn the handle hard drives or something rather than. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they've got. Yeah. But anyway, the new iMacs to me sound good. It's good to see Apple refreshing. The one question, and good to see there's USB C on there with mm-hmm. uh, Thunderbolt, so you can put you know more screens on and so on. Um, what about the next refresh? How long will that be? Well, they're saying did, did, 2018, and they're saying quite a dramatic refresh too. Yeah. So that yeah. I think that's interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've got there's more coming down the the pipe, right? Um, well, t- even Tim Cook has been saying, you know, that um, we haven't forgotten Mac users. We are coming back. You know, like and yeah, he's been saying that for a while because people like me have been criticising for a while, <laughs> I guess. Um, 
Yeah, so I think that that's a good part of the story, and as long as that sort of that keeps going on an ongoing basis, and the Macs get a regular refresh, if they repeat what they've just done, then you know those that that have held on, yeah. you know, I think would uh, will we'll give up on them. Yeah, me too. Um, now, iPad Pro, interesting interesting changes there. The the smaller model, which uh, is a model I've been using most recently, 9.7-inch screen, that's getting bumped up to a 10.5-inch uh, screen. Same form factor and same weight. It's pretty yeah. Impressive, yeah, impressive. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 um, I guess you know, we're, we're seeing these smaller bezels, bigger screens uh, coming from other people, so it's good to see uh, Apple doing the same. Mm. Um, very, very you know, snappy by the looks of it in terms of uh, increased grunt with the uh, A10X um, CPU, 6 cores and 12 core GPU. Uh, sounds pretty good. But the I guess the bit that stood out to me and up to half a terabyte worth of uh, storage mm. were the iOS changes. And, well, I think, Mark, you made a comment uh, before we started sort of uh, talking about iPads um, and and sort of aligning them with Surface Pros to a to a to a degree. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, in some cases, it seems like Apple's playing catch up now, or sort of follow the leader, not being the leader. And I'm sure Apple has always done this to some extent. And sometimes they take a product which is badly made and make it successful. Like you could say, you know, Apple didn't invent the smartphone, but it made the first really viable, usable one with the iPhone and so on. But yeah, now the iPad Pro is kind of looking like a Surface wannabe, and I think that makes me feel really awkward, and I hate saying it, but, you know, I mean, the Surface, I haven't used one, but it reviews really well. It seems like a really fast machine. It's pretty easy to carry around. Mm, pretty mm. pretty dramatically good thing if you're a PC user, you know. So with Apple, you are either got a MacBook Air, which has been lagging for two years as well, um, or the iPad Pro. And, you know, Jobs was like he would never... It's not a very Jobsian thing to do. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> um, he, yeah, I mean, he was like, there's going to be one size of iPhone, there's going to be mm. one size of iPad, and now look, there's that many models of iPad and there's different sizes of iPhones, three sizes of iPhones, you know? It's it's kind of weird. I don't know. I just, uh, all of this makes me feel really uncomfortable, but that said, you know, I've just, I've just dropped five grand on a new MacBook Pro, so, <laughs> so I'm still there. I'm still there, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. yeah. Well, I th- you know, I think this idea of making the iPad Pro be able to work in the same way that people would use a Surface Pro, um, and the same, you know, I guess, yeah, just taking it to that next level from where it, where it has been sounds pretty good to me. Make it, me you know, a device that is more capable from a productivity perspective. And the demos were pretty cool. You know, drag and drop bits and pieces from, you know, one app window into yep. another. Yeah. Um, Damien, you, you had a, a comment about uh, this new Files app. A revolutionary new technology where you can actually look at the files you've got on your device. It's amazing. <laughs> um, to, uh, to be honest, that's the one thing that actually excited me probably the most about all of it was, was what they've done to iOS. Um, it's probably ensured that when I replace my Air, my MacBook Air, I'll probably replace my iPad at the same time and go a MacBook, I'm uh, sorry, an iPad Pro. Um, simply because for what I use it for, uh, traveling and, and writing mainly, it's suddenly that, that whole file transfer thing. So sorry, you would 
you'd still buy both. You'd no, have an no, iPad no, 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 no. I've got them both now, and yeah. I'll probably replace them both with right with an with iPad Pro. Pro. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. It's got to that point where it is, yeah, almost viable. Yeah. Um, there's still some annoyances of trying to work on an iPad, and they'll probably continue if I go to a Pro. But mm. yeah, that, that sort of answered a lot of the. Typing's the main one. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. typing on glass, you know, yeah. unless you have oh, the keyboard. Yeah, I always get a keyboard simply because I can't, yeah, I can't exactly, type on the screen. Exactly. It just, yeah, just yeah. really annoys me. But, but um, by the time you factor in the pencil and the keyboard, you yes. know, you're getting up to yeah, oh, yeah. a PC anyway. <laughs> yes. so well, that's the other thing. But yeah. yeah. I'm in the infrastructure now, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are benefits from sticking to an ecosystem, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, that's what I've found uh, with the switch to the iPhone recently, that uh, there are benefits. I miss my Android, as I sort of lamented before, but <clears throat> yeah, there are certainly benefits to the to the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in terms of having having that um, files app and having that integrated in at a operating system level. How mm. that will actually yeah lift the iPad Pro in terms mm. of the the work functions. And there's so many things that you might have traditionally done on a full blown Mac or Windows device yeah. that you weren't able to do on an iPad because there was no sort of access to a file system, uh, you know, and they've nicely, you know, they've built that so that it will work with cloud file systems as well, so you don't have to actually have the files stored locally. Um, You know, they they can be in your iCloud and Dropbox, they can be Google Drive, OneDrive, any of that sort of stuff will be accessible. Uh, So it it seems like a pretty... um, yeah, slick and tidy way to do it by you know right from the get go full you know full cloud support mm. and access to that local file system and suddenly oh yeah I've got a file here that I need to FTP over there I've got this thing I need to upload to zero I've got you know all of these scenarios that before were like oh, how do I do this mm. on my you know <laughs> move a file from one device yeah to another. yeah jolly yep, iPad exactly. yeah. and uh, and AirDrop you know, still doesn't work every time does no. it what the hell is that. What's- <laughs> Surely Apple can fix that. <laughs> well, it's all about new features. Let, let's not let's not fix stuff. Yeah. Um, I was I was pleased to hear actually. Well, actually, that's go, that's probably jumping on. So I'll, I'll hold back that that comment for a bit okay. a bit later. Uh, and we can't dedicate the whole show to um, Apple Apple matters. But I th- yeah, definitely good for us to, to get started and to, and to cover some of them off we'll we'll certainly go into more detail in the weeks ahead once we actually get a chance to play around with some of these things yeah. get hands-on with some of the new uh technology and try things out now some of it's a little bit further away um now we've got mac os uh high sierra uh that i think is available now for developers as is um, iOS 11 and new watchOS as well. Sorry. So there's a whole lot coming, as we as we expect, on the operating system front. Um, watchOS, the main bit that jumped out to me there was this uh, uh, new watch face that was going to be, I guess, utilising the sort of Siri smarts to be you know, putting things on your watch face that are relevant, upcoming appointments and things that are that are you know hopefully relevant to you right now i guess we'll wait and see to see how good uh that is but that sort of makes sense doesn't it makes a watch a little bit more useful yeah absolutely Hmm. yeah 
Uh, I now. see you're wearing an Apple Watch, aren't you? I am, and... I've got a $100 Timex, which the Apple Watch <laughs> trial inspired me to buy. Because <laughs> I actually really liked having the time on my wrist again, but all the other functions seemed kind of pointless. Well, the, the, one, the one thing that stands out to me about all smartwatches is I now have the correct, accurate time all the time, as long as my smartwatch is, is, is fired up with juice. Uh, because you're, synchroni- you know, you're yeah. synchronised back to, hey, this is actual, you know, where, whereas, yeah, normal watches, I don't know, get out of sync and, yeah. you know, things happen or you're tempted, oh, I'll just adjust this forward a, a little bit or whatever so that I'm early to things. No, it's not really the right way to, uh, to time manage. Um, so I, I actually quite like just having everything on the on the, the current time. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't I don't tend to utilize it for too too much of the the smarts. Yeah, there's a bunch of things mm. obviously you can do. Do you talk on it with phone calls? Occasionally, and I had one occasion where I was in Taipei. It wasn't actually the Apple Watch. It was pre Apple Watch. It was a Samsung. Uh, watch and um, having that having that on my wrist saved my bacon. Really good, um, but I won't dive into that story. Well, the only I time I ever took talk on my watch was when I answered it on it by mistake uh, in the middle of the warehouse. I think I had to try and talk on that. <laughs> Never did it again. So. Oh, you would have looked so cool. Though. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Siri, though. You know, like I tend to. The only time I ever use Siri is when I'm showing somebody else how to use it. Yeah. Um, but then, a couple of months ago, I discovered it was really good at maths, and I'm terrible at maths. And being able to just <laughs> say a maths problem to Siri and have it answer is just, wow. So yeah. finally, I have a really good use for Siri, and I use it quite a lot. Like, what's the what's 12% of some ridiculous figure, and Siri just tells you. Nice, Marvelous. nice, yeah. Conversions, and, all that kind of stuff, everything. And I think with that sort of AI assistant, we will find our own individual uses of how it clicks for for us. Uh, yeah, I, I used it the other day um, in a car. Yeah, I was messaging with a friend trying to arrange a time to catch up, and so I'm in the car. I've got you know, Apple CarPlay, so it's, you know, it's able to talk to me through the system. And you know that was very good. I mean, it works similarly with uh, with Android and Android Auto. Uh, but it was reading out the text messages. I was dictating the responses back. Yeah, I could have just called them and had the same. You know, probably sped up the conversation. But I don't know what he was up to. Uh, yeah, but for me, it was yeah. I could do a phone call or I could do a you know uh, dictation because I was driving. Uh, but at the end, I was once we had arranged it, I was able to to tell Siri then to. You know, create the calendar appointment yeah. and and you know sent an invite an, an invite off. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was a nice way to complete the process, and so assistant quite helpful That's cool. um, in that type of scenario. But yeah, I guess it's it's finding your own um, your own users. Now talking of uh, of Siri, Siri will be available to us in a new way from later on this year. If you happen to live in US, UK, or Australia, um, the HomePod is launching. Mm. Now, this looks like a really cool uh, speaker unit, seven inches tall, which would make it, uh, what would that be, about 17 and a half centimetres roughly. Um, my quick maths are right there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> And an array of seven tweeters, four-inch woofer. Um, 
what else? Um, an array of six microphones. You'll be able to talk to it from across your room. So yeah. we we now have um, Apple coming into the space that really all the others are uh, are, are, are playing in. See, um, once again, that's my point. It seems like Apple's playing catch up in some of these arenas rather than leading the field. You know, I mean. Hopefully it'll be better. <laughs> well, I <laughs> At think least it'll be Apple, so it'll tie in with all my other Apple stuff. But yeah, yeah. Well, there's been there's been room for the market to be, I guess, prepared a little bit by these other products. So, mm. yeah, people are interested. Yeah, some people will have gone for other products. Um, Apple, as usual, coming in at the sort of the high end of the market, so three hundred and forty nine US dollars. Which by the time it gets to New Zealand, we're probably talking, you know, five ninety nine. Or, or mm. so, um, so it's, it's certainly not a low end product. I, I would think at that at that uh, price point, they will, yeah, they'll be cutting out quite a quite a bunch of people. Yeah, but then you will get the fans that will go and buy a whole bunch of them and put them in every room every, every room of their house, right? Um, wow. So uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's. It's going to be very, very interesting. And because it leverages the ecosystem, it leverages Siri and other things that they've been working on, I think it's going to make a pretty slick experience. And being able to draw on, well, your podcasts, mm. you know, all all manner of, uh, of, of audio. Well, it's also possible that if it's going to Australia, as they announced, then it's also coming here because Apple New Zealand is Apple Australia anyway. Right. We will see. I'd we say we would be quicker to get it than some other markets anyway. Possibly. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Although we have seen, I think we've seen in the past where we've had, well, we have definitely seen in the past where products have launched in Australia but not New Zealand at the same time. But a couple of times we've even gotten first, which is odd. So I think it's more about trialling markets than anything else. Mm. Well, we will see. That's still uh, still December, but the, the HomePod, I think, sounds very cool. Yeah, I'd like to try one, that's for sure. The price point, mm. I think, will will have some sort of an impact. Yeah. But I think the thing to remember around a speaker, especially one that um, you know is a, is a high-end speaker, is likely to be something people are going to hold on to for a long time. Absolutely. And for an in-home one, yeah. you, know, you split that over a period of time, and yeah, actually it's quite... You know, it's reasonably doable. Well, for me, it'll just come down to what sort of sound quality. If it, if it sounds really great, then the price and the, suge- really the suggestions are that it, it does sound, that it that it yeah. does that it figures out your room and yes. and really does a does a pretty good job of it. So you can definitely I, get good speakers in that kind of form yeah, factor, absolutely. like that Logitech um, boom that yes. really boom sound. Yeah. That's that's great. I've got one of those. Love mm. it. Mm. So I think there's lots there's lots of potential there for Apple to actually mm. do okay. But do you think they'll bring back some kind of wireless hardware along with it? Because you know, like you have to configure it through third party modems and routers, and I mean, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, all you techie people. You yeah, well. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't know. Well, they haven't made any. They hadn't haven't made any announcements about bringing back Wi-Fi uh, gear, have they? So, no. Um, but there are, um, there have been rumours percolating away that Apple's messing around with stuff. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I I personally think they would be 
silly not to because they've got a lot of law law fans there that would will use Apple wherever they can, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, pre- previously, um, you know their um, their networking gear has has worked well. Yeah. So um, has, has their um, uh, their time capsules. But anyway, on to on to other topics. So that's and we may come back. We'll see how we go for uh, for. For, for time, but um, were there any other things that we should we should cover off on on the Apple announcement front? I'm just looking I, through I guess my the, other notes. The two things that were missing, or the two things obviously missing for me, um, iPhone eight, nothing, no word, um, which is the tenth anniversary of the iPhone, so it's going to be a really important one. Yeah, and, um, and the Mac Mini, no, no word of it. A small, a small refresh. Um, oh, we didn't mention the MacBooks, which are which are basically all getting a bump, oh, yeah, including yeah. a small bump. Although we don't have the full detail on it yet, mm. uh, I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't seen it unless it's uh, unless it's gone online or something for the MacBook Air, which has been oh, no, that has got a small bump. Yeah, yeah a small bump, but I haven't seen the exact specs on exactly what the cpu is that it's uh, that it's that it's getting so i need to have a little bit of a a little bit of a look there um that have been a number of years yeah very disappointing that the mac uh, mac mini um isn't getting catered to because you've got i guess you've got a, a bunch of customers there who have relied on that maybe that was apple's point all along, though, was a soft entry into the Mac ecosystem, and then to upsell onto higher end, um, higher end products. I, but I but don't Apple know. can still afford to do that. I mean, it's still around between eight and twelve percent, depending on country, isn't it? I mean, Mac versus PC ratio kind of thing. It's always been at that. So Apple can still afford to make ground, and being able to slip a mini into an existing um, USB keyboard monitor and hard drive mm. and have a Mac. Well, they, they don't, they just, they've stopped selling uh, USB keyboards and uh, mm. and mice today. Though, so it's all, wi- all wireless right. from, from today onwards as oh, well. Uh, but even yeah, the American keypad, and, which is brilliant. And yeah. a bump in price. I think if you want to, if you want a keyboard now, um, that's, um, yeah. yeah, that's got your uh, numeric keypad on it, you're uh, north of 200 bucks. Yeah, 219. It, I love those in our, in our market. keypads too. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very nice keyboards, mm. but, uh, whew, yeah. wow. It's, um, yeah. I'll hang yeah. on to my wired one as long uh, as I, I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to one a while ago. I just got sick of charging it all the time. Yeah, and exactly, it. exactly. Just, yeah. But we're getting a little bit normalised to expensive keyboards when we're used to having to add them on to iPads Pros and Surfaces and things like that where, where those are, are not low-cost low cost elements. But and the lightning it's, it still does on seem a, a little bit wireless Apple mouse is really cool. That works really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, intro anyway. So oh, and we didn't talk about um, AR and VR, artificial reality, virtual reality, but that's an area that Apple are uh, are, are jumping right into as well, uh, from a developer's perspective and also a gaming perspective, which is is very interesting to see. Because they're supposed to have opened a lab in Wellington, right? Well, we did we did hear some some bits and pieces about something going anymore? on in Wellington, but yeah. we 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 know we know very little. So there's uh, there's there's something there's maybe something going on uh, um, down there. Maybe uh, maybe Peter Jackson has some tips that he could share. On well, apparently they on. poached some wetter staff, is what I heard. But mm, who knows? Mm. Yeah. So we we will see. Now on to a few of the other topics. Uh, Intel's uh, compute card. 
this got announced last week, and there were a, there were a whole bunch of announcements sort of after our uh, episode last week from Computex, and one of them was this Intel Compute Card, which is yeah, a credit card sized, a little bit thicker, I think five mils thick uh, computer, and it can have from the lower end processors up to at least an i five uh, processor. Uh, SSD, RAM, just all of the the, the computing power, uh, just without you know screen, keyboard, mouse, those bits and bits and pieces. So basically, a computer that you can carry around in your pocket, and then you can dock it into um, a screen. And I guess there'll be varying things that you can dock it into in the future. Um, Could you have like five of them in a stack and like have a mini supercomputer? Why not? Why not? That sounds cool. Uh, so I think that, I mean this this sort of it seem it seems in some ways like oh this isn't very exciting but then hey we're talking about like pretty powerful machine when we're talking about a you know an i five type yeah. CPU and you know reasonable amount of grunt in this thing that you could actually just take with you and and start docking now whether whether it will take on you know whether or whether it will take off um, you know. In in that way, I don't know, but I'm I think it's it's pretty impressive that we've squeezed things down to that sort of size, and there's some some really interesting possibilities with that. And of course, we're already seeing smartphones like you know ones from Samsung and and Microsoft that are able to uh, dock you know wirelessly or, or wired uh, so that they become sort of computers of sorts. Mm. Mm. So, you know, it does have a, a whole lot of ideas sort of, you know, bouncing around in my head around, you know, how these things might get utilised in in the future. Uh, and how rugged they are too. That's, that's a big thing. Super yeah. important mm. thing. Mm. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I always get excited about things like that and about, you know, like these PC sticks and things like that you can get. And I was like, oh, great, you know, I could really use one of those. And I think, well, hang on, could, how, could, could I? Because, I mean, um, I've still got to carry around a, a keyboard and find a screen to plug it into and mm. things like that. But, mm. uh, I mean, it, it just doesn't suit my needs, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, there are lots of possibilities. I mean... An office set up with all the docking stations, something you just carry your computer around in your pocket, and yeah, that becomes, to, becomes so. your, your your swipe card to yeah, get into the yeah, building, into the building, oh, and, and that, take it home and with that, you, and that's your computer, so you don't have to, yeah. you know, sort of um, you know worry about too much stuff. I guess they could build fingerprint readers, and you know, yeah. there are varying other things they could uh, uh, they could put into the into the technology. Hmm. Uh, but you know, this idea that's been around for a yeah, very long time hmm. of Basically, you know, you you carry your computer with you. Mm. It's your smartphone. It's you know whatever it is that you want. Oh, you know, plus yeah, it also drives drives you know every all your computing. Um, yeah. this sort of takes us much further, much yeah. further down that. It's uh, almost that, like that your track. digital identity, isn't it? You end up with your this is me. <laughs> this thing is. The the, <laughs> the the data side of it, I think, is sort of changing for us because more and more we'll be able to draw on the cloud, or yeah. certainly in New Zealand and well, a lot of parts in New Zealand where we've got very fast broadband. Mm. But I keep coming across scenarios of people in other places where their broadband is a shocker. Um, it's such a shock. It's exactly it is a shock, isn't it? When you, <laughs> it's like, what whoa, what's that progress bar thing? I yeah, seen one of those in a while. Yeah, <laughs> our team doing some work with. Um, with a company with a UK uh, base recently, and the, the stories that they um, 
uh, you know, they came back with around the performance of this particular UK entity and the struggles that they were having with getting, uh, you know, adequate uh, bandwidth. Mm. Uh, just it was just like really that just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. You know why wouldn't they be able to get a you know, nice fast connection and and so on? But uh, yeah, we've got, we've got, I think yeah we've got it uh, we've got it pretty good here. Uh, yeah, certainly agree. within our sort of you know key central business districts, where mm. uh, where you know ultra fast broadband connectivity is very accessible. And it's very low cost now, yeah. um, and it enables all sorts. So the idea of needing to carry a whole lot of storage uh, will certainly reduce down yeah. over time. But there are always cases where you where you do need it. So <coughs> the idea of this compute card that actually can have a whole lot of you know SSD type uh, storage in it, mm. as well as lots of grunt and you know um, and memory is uh, is pretty interesting. Now a few other uh, few other things, uh, BlackBerry. BlackBerry is back. Really? This is, um, well, there, we, we heard about this going on um, earlier on in the year, I think, the BlackBerry uh, Key 1. Now, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah can't, can't, be very, uh, can't be very exciting. Uh, but actually, those that have been using it seem to be incredibly positive. So... If you're interested in hearing more about that, listen in to the latest episode of the Mobile Tech um, podcast. And on that episode, we hear from um, three people, including the host, um, Miriam Joie, who have all been using the BlackBerry Key One and have been very, um, very positive um, about it as a um, device. It seems like... Um, this is a bit of a surprise, I think. Yeah. Um, so BlackBerry, of course, they're now licensing their brand to um, to a company called TCL, who are now uh, making the new uh, BlackBerry phones. They also manufacture um, under the Alcatel brand as well. Um, but yeah, on on episode uh, the latest episode, I think it's episode three of the Mobile uh, Tech Podcast. Uh, Miriam's joined by um, Nicole Scott from Mobile Geeks and uh, uh, Kevin Michalik, if I've pronounced his name right, um, uh, from Crackberry.com. Uh, I think they call, used to call him uh, Crackberry Kevin. Um, so Crackberry.com sort of being the place to go for, uh, for BlackBerry uh, news and so on. And uh, yeah, they get into some uh, some great discussion uh, there around the BlackBerry One. They also talk about the Essential Phone, uh, a few other bits and pieces, and 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 Computex. So uh, quite a quite a good episode. Well worth listening uh, listening in to the th- the three of them um, in one room. Because I remember uh, bouncing things around. Sorry, I remember people talking. You know, being real sort of BlackBerry freaks mm. back in when the iPhone first came out. And what what they seemed to like about it most was that it had a built in keyboard. And that it was super secure. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 not so sure about BlackBerry's um, security these these days. Being sitting on on top of Android, um, mm. I you know never have a hundred percent confidence from a security perspective with um, with Android. But um, you know that's it. It is the most popular operating you know mobile operating system today, and um, you know, it works very well. 
whenever you know whenever I use it. Uh, the key one does have a physical keyboard. Uh, the screen is smaller because of that, but it seems to be still a very, uh, very slick package that people are really enjoying using. So I'll listen to that um, podcast. That sounds yes. really interesting. So that one's yeah, that I, one's I, with. I uh, personally, with only this. ever had one BlackBerry experience, and it was a company phone that was forced upon me, uh, and I hated the thing with a passion. <laughs> to be fair, it was a cheap, low end, uh, nasty one, but it was just awful. <laughs> Yes, well, I, I I don't think you're the only person to have had that experience with uh, with BlackBerry, and you know, particularly after the iPhone came out, if you were given the choice between, uh, or if you were you know an iPhone user that got bumped onto a BlackBerry with its physical keyboard, mm. uh, that that very much felt like a step back for uh, for a lot of people, but certainly had it had its fans for you know for a long time, mm. uh, but you know. When you look at how well the iPhone did, it um, yeah didn't didn't leave too much room for uh, for BlackBerry or, or the old uh, Windows uh, Mobile. That's for sure. Uh, now lots of lots of other things going on. Um, oh, a, a curious story out of the US where. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. This never. This never. We don't, don't expect curious things out of the US. Um, Someone who wouldn't give police his iPhone password uh, ended up being held in contempt of court and 180 days in jail. Wow. Mm. I guess that's that's kind of where where we are now uh, with the US. And, you know, I think the concern is for people that are traveling, do you want to go to the, the US? Uh, nope. We've no, got, we, <laughs> I mean, we've got this, you know... The, Situation where possibly we're not even going to be able to take laptops and tablets to the US anymore. Who who knows? Although that that uh, story, you know, nothing's progressed no, from a so, suggestion yeah. that they might broaden their uh, ban from Middle East to the rest of the world. So they'll sell them to us, but we can't take them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, and now and then you've got those worries at you know at border security of issues. Um, I mean, f- fair to say that. I mean, it's worth delving into the uh, the background of this uh, this particular story, and you know, quite a few uh, media uh, picked up on it. And um, this was, I believe, in relation to um, what sounded like a uh, um, a drug dealing type scenario. So they were wanting to get. Uh, the um, oh no, hold on. Um, it was a man accused of extorting a social media celebrity over um, stolen videos. That was, I think, that was where he had uh, um, uh, got caught up. Um, and yeah, I think there was a. a Drug dealing type scenario sort of mixed in there, so they're they're trying to uh, they're trying to get information and they want to get into the phone to get it. Look, I don't know how many people know this, but I've got a friend who flew to London last year and he went via Los Angeles. Mm. And at Auckland Airport, he was taken out of the security line and they said, "We've chosen you four people off this flight at random. You're one of them." And he was taken to an office, and two people in Homeland Security uniforms searched him. And they asked for his, his Facebook password, his iPhone password, his, his iPad password, his Mac password, 
his Instagram passwords, everything. And he was, um, they went through everything and he just made it onto the flight. And then when he arrived in Los Angeles and he was en route to London, he wasn't stopping in, apart from changing planes, he got the same treatment except with five people in the room and stripped naked and once again all through everything. And this was under Obama in last year. Wow. wow, so it happened in Auckland first. In Auckland, with they home, have Homeland, Homeland Security guys in but, uniform. Wow, yep. really? And of course, in Los Angeles, they also had guns. Hmm. At least they didn't have guns here that, we, that he could see. But this is terrifying. And he was saying, you know, like um, he was he was talking about going to New York again and, you know, for a trip to New York. And I was like, why would you ever hmm. go through that? And, like, I, I imagine I would have flatly refused, but he was going to see his daughter in London. So what do you do? Well, you don't give by the US anymore. If, if, well, no, if, if, that's what I'm thinking. But the fact that it happened again would suggest that the computer must have flicked up. He's the most innocent guy. Like, honestly, like, there's, yeah, I, I would be... T- sh- too innocent, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 worrying it's worrying stuff, but you can see, I guess... You know, in this particular, or you know, in some particular cases, and you know, particularly a lot of the things that are be going on in the UK, you can understand why law enforcement are sort of you know pushing for more rights, but that's you know so much at odds, I think, with uh, you know with how we generally feel as citizens that we don't want to you know we don't want to give up our our civil liberties and and yeah. and and lose our our privacy um i had a call from uh, larry williams um from newstalk zb today to talk about what's happening in the uk and over there um theresa may is sort of saying hey we need to you know shut down all this uh you know and all the encrypted communications and so on that are uh that are that are going on but you you can't go backwards on these things mm. i don't i don't think there's any uh there's any easy easy answers if you know even if you put some legislation in place to try and help things then mm. terrorists and those who who you know don't want to be found will use routes that us, make right? it very, yeah, very, you exactly. know that, that make it you know uh, next to next to impossible, if not impossible, to uh, um, to see what they're doing anyway. What's part of their point, isn't it? I mean, terrorists want to make life difficult for everybody. This is one way of doing it, and it spreads fear and confusion and terror. Um, mm. But there's a, there's a Stephen Fry YouTube video that, well, I saw it on YouTube, and he he sort of says something like, um, two hundred thousand Americans died last year of um, global warming related and pollution related issues, and seven died due to terrorism." But, you know, what are people afraid of? They're afraid of the terrorism, not the global warming. You know, and global warming seemingly doesn't matter anymore anyway, according to Trump. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, we could get into a lot of discussion <laughs> around, uh, around that Even one. Mouth um, here because <laughs> we might have to start a, a separate podcast if we're going to dive into that. Yeah, true. Um, no, no, it's, it's, all good. it's all good fun, uh, all good fun stuff, and we love having a laugh at the, uh, the Americans. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Much as we buy all this stuff. Um, now, something uh, cool that did happen in the US over the weekend: uh, SpaceX, huh? um, their their latest mission up to um, up to the International Space Station, and this time they were able to reuse the uh, the capsule. So, uh, um, you know, not not just the uh, the rocket. Uh, it's self the Falcon Nine rocket, which did come back and land on um, land 
um, after taking the uh, the capsule up, uh, but they reused a capsule that actually already been up to uh, the International Space Station. Mm. So it's it's really cool seeing that that sort of thing go on where we're you know we're now re- reusing stuff. Obviously, there's there's cool stuff uh, going on here in New Zealand with Rocket Lab and having uh, you know got uh, got there. Um, you know, first rocket up into into space, and you know, hopefully next time it uh, goes into orbit and it's a hundred percent. But they they certainly did very very well yeah. uh, their first time around. So um, yeah, good stuff going on in the world of space exploration. Absolutely, I always think it's funny that people volunteer to go to Mars when really they should publish a list and we should vote to send people. <laughs> <you know. laughs> who would who? Just while we're on that, you've got to give us who who would be your top pick. Oh, I'm not sure. Apart from the obvious, um, <laughs> the, orange, um, the orange man. Yeah, same thing. I think I think that's one one yeah. um, one place where Donald Trump would win the popular <laughs> vote. <Yeah. laughs> uh, um. Now, there was some information that came out, uh, a survey done in Australia, and apparently one in four Australians would vote for a cashless society. We just move all uh, mm. you know, all currency to be electronic so we no longer have um, any paper. Damien, what do you think? Is, well, it, is I, it time for that? Uh, I was think I saw that today. I was reading that article when you sent it through, and I was looking at it. And I thought I realised I actually already am. You don't have any cash. I don't use cash at all. <laughs> I, li- I don't have any. You're right. I don't have. Any. <laughs> but I mean, um, I, I bought a, a, a mountain bike off a mate the other day, and I was going to pay him. So I thought I'll just grab cash out of the ATM, and I got it out and I looked at these weird twenty dollar bills. I haven't seen. Whenever they redesigned them last, I don't know. But the, the, <laughs> yeah. It just made me realise that that's the first time I've actually handled cash in, I can't remember how long, a very long time. I like cash. Is, there's, there is, some, <laughs> there is the something cash. about, there is something nice about I cash. I do like cash, yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it's not something that I personally use at all anymore. It becomes a lot easier to, to tax things and for things not to get oh, missed. True. If, yeah. it all, if it's all done electronically, isn't that's that, true. isn't that, is that a good thing? Because it depends where, where, <laughs> it depends where, where you sit. The, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, the electrical repairman <laughs> down, down my street might not like it no, because uh, he cash. always asks for cash. Absolutely. I won't give out his address Absolutely. on air. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so – yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. Apparently, um, um, yeah, there's a there's – a, I, I wouldn't a, have thought that the ratio would be that high that of people yeah. that would want to do that, yeah, to be I'm honest. Yeah, I'm surprised because not that many people seem to be using even Apple Pay here, and whenever I go to use it, I can't remember how to do it, like, <laughs> which is it's really easy, and I look it up, and it's like, oh, yeah, duh. yeah, and I do it my mistake sometimes, but whenever I want to do it, I, it's just like, what? Yeah, I did get an interesting uh, comment. You know, I, I, tend, I tend to use the, the tech, that sort of technology when I can, mm. um, and I got an interesting uh, you know, comment from somebody where was it? it was either Bunnings or Mitre 10 over the week I think it was Bunnings and uh, yeah and the guy was floored he was like what that's amazing <laughs> I didn't know they could do that and I'm thinking I first tried this stuff about five years ago but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, it's pretty mainstream now and you know and, and public and you know publicly available but uh, you know but I, I guess if you we, the right bank. we we don't you we don't have all the bits and pieces lined up to make it broadly relevant to everybody right. a lot of payment terminals that um you know that that 
don't make it easy. So but wasn't New yeah. Zealand one of the fastest embraces of FPOS? I believe so. If POS we were, um, but tap to pay Australia are streets ahead of New Zealand, so they must have been the guinea pig for that one. Uh, and even though there were. Yeah, there were there was um, information saying that everyone needed to replace their payment terminals, and all the new terminals would be technically would support tap to pay from some weeks ago. Mm. Um, there are lots and lots, lots that don't, don't yeah. and then uh, you know terminals where they don't want to take a credit card transaction, so that rules it out. Mm. Uh, so there's lots of places where it doesn't work, and. I don't even know we're at a fifty-fifty point, you know, for that for that mm. tech yet. So uh, yeah, I um, can see I can see yeah. it working eventually. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, robots arriving in Dubai Robo- to police us. Yeah. Uh, now it was just in, in one of my weekly uh, videos just a few weeks ago. We showed off the Russian RoboCop. Uh, now that one is very different to what they're rolling out in Dubai, which is this, you know, nice friendly guy with a big, you know, touch screen um, um, on his uh, on his on his chest, and you know, voice recognition and bits and pieces that he can help you with. Yeah, it's more of a mobile information kiosk than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, but as well, it can collect information yeah. to back to base and and so yeah. on. But uh, yeah, the Russian one with the. Uh, uh, handgun was uh, yeah a very very different kettle of fish but now Dubai tends to sort of throw lots of money around so this isn't a surprise I think uh, Damien you'd know this it was them that rolled out the Lamborghinis oh, and a whole fleet of and, yeah, supercars yeah as, supercars as for their cars. police force yeah. right yeah. it's like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um Yes, so it's not it's not a surprise that the that, that the police are going down this track as well, right? They've got no, they've got a fair bit of money to splash yeah. around. I, I did sort of like the way they went out of their way to make it look as creepy as possible, <laughs> <laughs> blank face and yeah. staring eyes. But, um, but they put they put a police hat on it. So, it yeah, I guess it makes sense. Like if you rationalise how much police work is done on just informing people, mm. then to hand that off to a robot, maybe they can catch more criminals. Do they have many criminals in? Dubai. Well, the the sort of things that they catch people there for people holding hands in public. Um, of yeah, yeah. It's um, um, yeah. I don't know if they need if they need uh, a bigger police force or or not. But um, <laughs> there you go. Now, something that we're not going to dive into because we're basically out of time. But um, it does give us a chance to. Um, well, I'd like like to give it a quick mention. As I've been. Trying to get some information on on what's happening with tolling uh, roads in Auckland, mm. which seems to be this sort of you know inevitable thing that's coming, and it happens around the world in various forms. I probably first experienced it in Singapore, which has always been considered quite leading edge in terms of the way they do it with uh, variable prices and and things like that. And um, I started seeing references to a suggestion that New Zealand might go to a model uh, that Singapore have apparently committed to, but are still a number of years out uh, mm. from implementing, which is the idea of GPS, GPS-based urban congestion charging. Um, so basically keeping a, keeping a watch on 
you know everywhere you drive within a within a city and then being able to charge you accordingly um you know and it could be a combination of distance a combination of well you went over the harbour bridge and we've just built a new one or you went through the tunnel or you went into queen street which is not really geared up for traffic so that's five bucks for going into queen street um you know how that might play out could be could be very interesting um Sydney have a fairly complex model of this as well? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't think the GPS model is being used anywhere no. yet, um, but it potentially gives Big Brother a whole lot of data. Well, and, of course, Singapore, you can imagine, will utilise that as much as they can. Absolutely. So they will. They, that will just be part of what they would keep in terms of information is where every car has been to. So mm. criminals tiny. using vehicles mm. in the future... Um, yeah. Yeah, could could be pretty interesting. Or someone that steals a vehicle, um, yeah, they they would leverage all of that stuff. So if you say your car's stolen, yeah, they'll they'll know where it's at, and unless Absolutely. that side of it's been shut down. And of down. course, then the, the the concerning side for me, uh, given that my job, you know, motoring in, involves and put, putting your foot down. It doesn't involve putting your foot down then. occasionally, <laughs> and you do stray over the speed limit, and they could quite easily track that as well, and instant issue an instant fine every time you you go over the speed limit, which. You can argue. I've never understood why you just don't have a car that can't speed. Why why would you bother having that car? need to be able to get Uh, out of the way. (laughs) But there's there's lots of arguments around that. But it's just that whole idea of, well, I love the idea. I mean, you know, toll roads obviously are coming sort of congestion charges and everything. It's, it's, I mean, the traffic's only getting worse. What is it, 800 new cars every day or week or something. <laughs> so Isn't that interesting? Like some people look at Auckland and see traffic chaos and other people see an opportunity to make money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody's got to sell them the uh, the technology. So, yeah, that'll be a curious one to watch. Now, we be. are going to dive into a bit more of a discussion on that on uh, the New Zealand Motoring Podcast this week. We shall. Uh, which Damien has been very kind and invited me uh, on to talk about Teslas and other bits and pieces of technology. So you can um, tune with your iPhone. Um, <laughs> so, that that will be worth worth the listen if you're uh, if you're interested in what's what's happening in the motoring world. Um, now, Damien, it's uh, it's fair to say that the regularity of the New Zealand uh, motoring podcast has uh, has increased recently. <laughs> it has increased somewhat. We've got so, a bit more uh, um, disciplined about our structure. Of so we're seeing about two episodes a month. Now. We are now. We're, yeah. Yes, we're coming in and recording them on a regular basis. So um, we'll be doing another one tomorrow. In fact, as we speak. So so do you do it in the back of a car with people singing? We and have stuff? we have done. <laughs> we have done them from a car before, yes. We did one from a Rolls Royce. Uh, <laughs> not so much the singing. Not so much the singing. Um, no, no. Yeah. Neither of us have got, well, three of us, neither of us have got particularly good singing voices. But. Good. Well, that's us for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for, for uh, listening in. Now, where do we catch you online, Mark? Your uh, Mac-nz.com. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's where you you're putting a pretty a pretty good chunk of content up on there uh, lately. I've been noticing you've been keeping pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed too that my hits are like almost off. Quite often, it's more hits from America than New Zealand now. The last year or so, hmm. which it didn't. Yeah, it used to be was second Australia, then America, and now it's like America and New Zealand swapping around, hmm. which is odd. Which worries me a bit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's watching? <laughs> and Damien? Anything oversteer. <laughs> Websites oversteer.co.nz. Uh, all the social medias oversteer NZ. And yeah, try my best to do stuff. That's good. There. That's good. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, remember to uh, to follow on Facebook. We are. Uh, um, most weeks we're, we're streaming this at um, facebook.com um, so you can follow uh, follow me there to uh, to get access to those streams I think we're streaming them from my new Facebook page rather than my personal page uh, and we probably should also be sharing them on the NZ Tech podcast page so um, but have a look around if you're keen to uh, to watch the live streams uh, and and get the content before anyone else then uh, then yeah you absolutely can and of course you can sign up for my regular updates at paulspain.com slash updates all right we'll catch you again next week thanks, see ya Paul. thank you thanks guys the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.